1160 The Quest welcomes you to Legislation Made Simple. Keeping you informed on political issues, primarily legislative issues in the Georgia General Assembly, but also some national issues that implicate the teachings of the church. Issues that are critical to restoring and protecting a culture that enables families to flourish and the kingdom of God to advance. Legislation Made Simple will also let you know how to get involved, how to get to know your state representatives and senators, and most importantly, how you can affect policy. Your hosts are Patty DeCraney and Jane Robbins. Jane is a retired lawyer, formerly with a D.C.-based organization called American Principles Project. Jane worked at the Georgia legislature and has maintained her connections there, so she's plugged in under the Gold Dome. Now let's begin Legislation Made Simple. Hello and welcome to Legislation Made Simple. My name is Patty DeCraney and my co-host is Jane Robbins. Hey Jane. Hello Patty. As we explained last week, Crossover Day, the 20th day of the legislative session and an important day for bills to advance in the legislative process, occurred this past Monday, March 6th. There was a flurry of activity last week in preparation for the Crossover Day and now there appears to be a race to the finish line at the end of the month to get the bills passed. Great if we agree with these bills, but not so great if we don't. We're doing our best to keep you abreast of what's happening at the Capitol and what you can do about it. Let's pray. Come, Come Holy Spirit, Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and kindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit and they shall be created and you will renew the face of the earth. And Scripture Today is Psalm 119:33 through 35. Lord, teach me the way of your laws. I, I shall observe them with care. Give me insight to observe your teaching, to keep it with all my heart. Lead me in the path of your commands, for that is my delight. Lord, teach me the way of your laws. And teach us the way of your laws. And help us align them with the laws that we make. <laughs> Isn't that kind of what we're doing with the show, Jane? Yes, that's what we're attempting to do, so I hope we're getting there. Okay. Um, can you tell us how the bills we are concerned with, bills that we've been talking about the last couple of weeks, and there's a few new ones that fared on crossover day. Let's, let's start right away with uh, the gambling bills. There was a lot of activity on Monday, crossover day. They probably went to midnight that night. There were three gambling bills plus, well, I guess one is the resolutions. There would be four, a resolution and three bills mm -hmm. that were up for possible passage, uh, three in the, ha in the Senate and one in the House. None of them made it through in the respective chambers. The, the one that allowed sports betting and horse racing um, by statute, not by constitutional amendment, um, did not come up on the Senate floor. There was a vote on the Senate floor on the resolution that would have put forward the constitutional amendment to allow sports betting in Georgia. That was sponsored by a very influential uh, senator in, in um, the Senate. He's from Athens. And that bill failed on the floor. They mm -hmm. voted on it. It did get a slight majority, but for a constitutional amendment, they have to have a two-thirds majority. So it oh, failed. Okay. And then in the House, there was one that is a sports betting bill that 
it was going to try to evade the constitutional amendment requirement and just be done as a statute. That bill did not make it to the House floor, so it didn't even come out of the the um, committees. So right now, all of the gambling is dead. Okay. Now, I, I got an email the other day from a group called Citizen Impact, which is a, a the lobbying arm of independent Baptist churches in Georgia, and the email said, we hate to use the term miracle, but <laughs> um, and and let me give a note of caution about this. Um, all the bills, whether it was for sports betting and for horse racing, there were no casino bills that came up. All of those bills did not make it out of their chamber to go to the other chamber. So theoretically, they're dead. However, as we had discussed earlier mm-hmm. in our um, series of shows, mm-hmm. nothing is ever dead until midnight of the last day because things right. can be resurrected. They can be attached to other mm-hmm. bills. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are various things that can mm-hmm. be done. Mm-hmm. So um, so the people who are, are down there who are watching all this stuff are watching very carefully okay. because anything could happen, and it could happen at... 8 p.m. on the night of of the last day. So, is that right? Oh yes, yes, it can okay. happen really, really quickly. So, um, the gambling right now is the if if you're opposed to the expansion of gambling in Georgia, you should be happy, but watch for what's going on. Okay. All right. All right. Um, and moving right along to the education bills. Yes, there was some activity there, too. The The bill that we had talked about some, which was SB 88, which would have established requirements for, for public schools, how they would deal with children discussing personal sexual issues that essentially would have kept public school employees, including teachers, from discussing personal sexual issues like gender identity and that sort of stuff with students without the permission of parents. That bill started out good. It got amended into a um, much less comprehensive bill. In fact, it didn't even apply to public schools anymore. It applied to private schools and to camps. Mm. And that came up in committee. And because of the amendments, there was a lot of opposition to it from even the pro-family organizations down there because they thought that this bill was too weak and it had some unintended consequences and it was better to get rid of this bill and to try again next year with okay. a better bill. Yes. And that's what happened. They tabled the bill in committee. So that did not come up. So SB 88, I, I think is going to be dead, but again, okay. one never knows. All right. All right. The um, SB one, um, which prohibits COVID vaccination mandates by schools died in committee. The chairman of the House, it passed the Senate, but it died in committee in the House, and so it did not come up on the House floor. So as of right now, the the prohibition on requiring children to get the, the COVID vax mandate expires this summer, which doesn't mean they're going to be required to do it. It just means that schools will not be prohibited from mandating it. SB 154 never got a hearing. That's the bill that erases the exemption that school libraries currently have under Georgia obscenity law because, um, yes, I'm telling the truth about this. There is an exemption in, in the Georgia statute that says that school libraries are not subject to 
obscenity law, which means that it is perfectly legal for a school library to contain obscene materials. So there was a bill that was introduced to just eliminate that exemption, and that bill never got a hearing in committee. That bill, I, I think, is probably dead. And this is this. We are one of the few states then. Now there are actually a good many states that have that exemption. Oh, and there's a a long history of that and how it came about. And it was the it was through operation of some um, people connected with. I don't know if you remember Dr. Kinsey, Alfred Kinsey. Yes. yes. Uh, There were a lot of a, a lot of political shenanigans that were going on that persuaded all of these state legislatures that you should have this exemption. And now people are starting to rethink it, oh, but boy. in Georgia, at least, they're not rethinking it this year. Maybe next year. Okay, all right. So we'll keep trying. Okay, right on that one. Um, it because it. I mean, it because it didn't get a hearing at all. It's it. It did not. Nothing will be resurrected with this one, or we can't say that. Right? We, can, we can't say that. The the language could come up. Okay. Um, somewhere as an attachment. It could, but then it would have to go back. It, it would have to be attached to a House bill, and then it would come back to the Senate. To in, it, It's possible. Let's put it that way without okay. getting into the weeds. It okay. is possible, right. but I don't think that – I don't see a lot of political will for this bill right oh. now, so I, I right. doubt that it would happen. All right. And you see some political will with some bills? Mm-hmm. Like some how, of them. Uh, yeah. And how is that – how do you explain that? Usually it's the question of who supports it. For example, does the governor support it? Is the governor behind it? I'm not saying that the governor doesn't support that bill. I'm just saying that it's not at the top of his list of priorities right now. Mm -hmm. Uh, Political will comes about a lot during election years. This is not an election year. So sometimes people will push things that they think will be more pleasing to their constituents during an election year than they would during an off year. Okay. Thank you for explaining that. and the SB 233? SB 233 is one that does have some momentum right now, but we will see what happens. SB 233 is the so-called voucher bill. It establishes $6,000 vouchers for parents to use for certain, quote, approved, close quote, expenses connected with private education, meaning if your child is in public school and you would really like to send him to private school, you could get a $6,000 voucher in in state funds. It would establish accounts, and it's very long and, and detailed about how it does all this. Now, this bill passed the Senate Education and Youth Committee by one vote. There's a lot of opposition to it, primarily from the very powerful people in the public education establishment, and the Georgia School Boards Association and, and various organizations like that. They're feeling the money is going to be taken away. Right. That's, okay. that's the argument. So it passed by one vote in the committee. Then it went to the floor of the Senate. And what happened there was that it was amended again. And it was amended with the approval of the sponsor. It was his amendment, apparently, that had come about through some discussions with people, that it was it was scaled back significantly. It's still $6,000, but now it applies only to public school students who are enrolled in the bottom 25% of the rankings of public schools in the state, meaning if... It, for students who are in a, a school that is really struggling as a, 
as evidenced by test scores and, and that sort of thing, the, the ratings, the statewide ratings, it has to be the bottom quartile of those schools. So if your child is in a school that is in the top three quartiles, mm-hmm. as far as school performance right. goes, you're not eligible for it. So it's been scaled back a lot, and but it did pass. And so it has now been assigned to the House Education Committee. We're taping here today, which is Thursday the 9th. And so something could happen today, probably not tomorrow, but one never knows because the, the committee calendar gets a lot more crowded between now and the, mm, the end of the, of right. the session. And sometimes they'll hold hearings. The, the other day, they, I think they actually held hearings on Sunday, Sunday night, to get uh, some bills out for crossover day. So, so it could happen. Uh, we just don't know. It hasn't been scheduled yet. So for people to know, to be alerted mm-hmm. to this happening, do they need to get on to a website or they need to get on to an email list? The the best thing to do, the email lists are very good. And I think we've got on our website some links to lists that people can get on to be alerted to things like this. The The most direct way to do it is to go to the Georgia legislature website and click on legislation and laws. And then you can plug in the bill number, the SB whatever, and um, and it'll pull it up. It'll tell you what the status is. Or you can click on a committee. Look and see what the House Education Committee is doing. What is their agenda for their next meeting? Yeah. And those things can change late at night. But right. still, if you if you check it every day, you'll see what's going on. Yeah. So the the Georgia legislative website is legis.ga.gov. So it's a very user friendly website. So yes, you can you is. can check status of bills. Yeah, but that's checking. So to get an alert, you should get on should an get email on. list. Yes. Okay. Yes. Actually, I am on the email list of the Georgia, um, what is it called? The Georgia School Boards Association, and I can't say that I have a, a lot of common ground with the Georgia School Boards Association, but I'm on their list because they're very good about telling you everything that's going on with the education oh. bills. Oh, very so good. They send them out and they send out what's coming up on what day and okay. all that. So, all so right. it's it's very useful. All right. So um, if that's something that's touching your heart, you Mm -hmm. have children in the school district. Um, As a matter of fact, this is not a bill, but we do want to talk about what's happening in Gwinnett County. Um, And this is probably a good place to do that. Um, uh, There's Gwinnett County is the largest county in the state. The largest school district in the state. Largest yes. school district in the state, yes. And they are they are trying to the school board is trying to um move forward with comprehensive sex education. Could you speak to that, Jane? Yes. I I know something about this because I um have worked in this area some and I'm friends with people who are very, very immersed in all of it. Years ago, probably 20, 21 years ago, Gwinnett County instituted an abstinence-centered sex education program called Choosing the Best. There are several out there, but the one they chose was called Choosing the Best. And they've had that one ever since. So there has been a lot of statistical success with that program over the years. If you looked at Gwinnett's numbers as far as as teenage pregnancies and STDs and that sort of thing, they're much lower than comparable school districts in the state Mm -hmm. so and and the the people who taught the program seem to like it people who went through it seem to like it well Gwinnett has undergone a a very 
significant change in the governance of their school board over the last few years. It's only a five-person school board, and three of the relatively newly elected school board members don't like the abstinence-based course. They want the so-called comprehensive course, and we've talked about that mm-hmm. in the past and what that means. And what that means, to, to boil it down, is that that children are taught that any sort of sexual activity is okay as long as there is contraception, as long as there is is the use of condoms, and as long as there's consent. Mm-hmm. So, and the the instruction starts very young. At what what grade? Well, right now the the sex ed is I think sixth, seventh, and eighth grade. But oh, that sort of the idea would be mm-hmm. incorporated into other lessons earlier on. And the Gwinnett is now considering a program, a comprehensive sex education also brings in specifically all of the um, lessons about sexual orientation and gender identity and okay. gender fluidity mm-hmm. and yes. and that kind of thing. Yes. That's, that's not in the abstinence-based program because the abstinence-based program is focused on what is the healthiest behavior for you as a as a teenager. And the healthiest behavior is to be abstinent. Exactly. And it doesn't matter whether you consider yourself straight or gay or whatever. Right. The, the, the healthiest behavior is to wait until you're an adult and preferably married. So the, um, the school board is now considering a program called Health Smart, which is a comprehensive program. And my understanding is that even though there, there um, wasn't really a survey of Gwinnett parents, but it was a, a, um, a putting the, the program online and letting people comment on it, and there was a 90% negativity rate on the new program. 90% of the parents who responded did not like it. But the school board is going to vote, my understanding is March the 16th. And so if people wanted to weigh in on this... They could, people in Gwinnett could contact the school board members between now and March 16th. Uh, There are three of them who are really pushing this. Two of them are opposed to it. But things can change and hearts can change and all of that. So, of course, we pray. Yeah, and of course, we pray. Pray pray for them. But I think right now the vote is supposed to take place on March the 16th. All right. So, and, and Gwinnett County is a leader in our state. So what happens in Gwinnett County, um, Fulton County, DeKalb County, the other counties could follow. That's absolutely right. Yes. DeKalb is already there. DeKalb already oh. has a comprehensive program. Oh, they do? Yes. Okay. Yes. And um, All right. I live in DeKalb. I know something about that program. Mm-hmm. Um, and people should take a look at it if they they yes. want to see what What's what going of, on in the, what in goes the schools? On in, in comprehensive sex yes. ed. Yes, this is in the public school systems. Yes, um, yeah. So it's important for all of us to pay attention. Um, we have one other bill uh, to talk about, and under the education, and that's House Bill three thirty eight. Uh, yes, three thirty eight. I think has a lot of of um, momentum behind it. This is the bill that would mandate policies in schools that would try to keep children from accessing inappropriate sites on their digital equipment 
and we could also have a long discussion about whether there should be digital equipment for kids in school, but um, that's that's for another day. <laughs> um, so, but the idea is that it would would require schools to have policies to use filters and that sort of thing to try to protect kids from that. I think that one passed unanimously. And uh, so it has now gone from the House over to the Senate, and it's in the Education and Youth Committee in the Senate. Okay. Um, just a reminder, you're listening to Legislation Made Simple on AM 1160, The Quest. Okay, Jane, let's talk about the uh, bills related to trans-identifying children. Start with Senate Bill 141. Mm-hmm. Senate Bill 141 was the comprehensive bill that would have protected children from um, puberty blockers, wrong sex hormones, and surgeries, um, if as long as they're minors, that they could not um, be subjected to these medical interventions to because they think that they're the opposite sex. There was one brief hearing on this, this bill with no vote. It died in committee because it was pretty much replaced by another bill that's called SB 140. The, the first one, the comprehensive one, was SB 141. So SB 140 is the compromise bill, and it prohibits surgeries and possibly the hormone treatments, but I'm not convinced of that because of the way it's worded. And it, um, it was a, so it was a much weaker bill. It, it still allows puberty blockers, which are irreversible and which lead to, to a lot of um, medical problems for, the, for a lifetime. And it prohibited the surgeries. But the comprehensive, the, the um, compromise bill, <laughs> all right, I, I can't say because I don't know exactly what the conversations were behind the bill. I do know that gender clinics in Georgia are very opposed to any of these restrictions because there's so much money to be made from doing all of this to kids. But the the gender clinics would obviously rather have a bill that allows them to continue doing the puberty blockers because children, the research shows that children who go through puberty blocking will almost always proceed to the next level. So the money is there. It would just be delayed a little bit Mm -hmm. under SB 140 until the child turns 18. So SB 140, which is the compromise bill, is um, it did pass the Senate and now it's in the House, and it, there has not been a hearing yet on it. There's a lot of activity going on out there for the, the pro-family groups that are trying to get it amended to put the puberty blockers back in. The other thing that SB 140, the compromise bill, does not do is that it doesn't hold doctors civilly liable mm-hmm. for violating the mm-hmm. provisions of the bill. SB 141 did do that. You okay. could sue a doctor who violated the statute. SB 140, you cannot. So they're trying to get that amended to... to um, Include the puberty blockers. Include puberty blockers and preferably to put in the civil so, liability. Okay. So but that's where we could make some phone calls. Make and, phone calls, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, the Religious Freedom Restoration Act. Um, that's the bill that would would protect... People's exercise of their religious freedom from um, burdening by the government, unless the government had a, a compelling reason to do it. That bill is probably dead. It never got a hearing in the Senate. It's probably not going to come back up in the House, but one never knows. 
All right. Maybe next trying. year. That's yeah. right. Mm-hmm. All right. And new bills, um, SB 261? Yes. Uh, we probably, I, I, I don't see this one going anywhere, but who knows? Um, this was is the bill that would prohibit colleges and universities, public colleges and universities, from requiring political litmus tests, um, such as you have to, to sign a statement that you agree with diversity, equity, and inclusion principles or woke principles or whatever uh, for job applicants or for students applicants. But this bill did not get a hearing, so I don't know that that's going to happen this year, maybe next year. All right. There is one more bill that was dropped just, I think, last week. It's HB 520. This is a very long and involved and detailed bill that is apparently a major overhaul of Georgia law related to mental health law, to diagnoses, to tracking and surveillance of people who have a diagnosis, Mm -hmm. to criminal standards for um, pleading insanity and that sort of thing. I have not studied this bill. Even if I studied it, I probably wouldn't understand everything that it's doing. That my concern with this bill is that it was introduced so late in the session that it hasn't been vetted. Mm-hmm. I can almost guarantee you that no one down there has studied this bill. And right. I, I can't tell you who wrote it or what the impetus right. is because I right. don't know exactly what the problem is they're trying to fix. And until you know that, you can't really... Um, uh, analyze whether they're doing that. I did give this bill to a forensic psychiatrist who deals with the with criminals in the in the um, justice system, and he did not have time to read it because it's so long and it's so involved. But he said he looked at it and he said it appears to be a major change in the standards that they're mm-hmm. using in the court system. But he would have to have time to study it. So my point is, nobody's had time to study it. Right. So it, it passed through the House and it so passed. quickly. It passed the House. Wow. One reason being that the Speaker is is behind it. There was a mental health bill last year from the previous Speaker, and this is this year's Speaker's mental health bill. And so it had a lot of, of um, push. push behind it, yes. Okay. And there, there are people concerned. Obviously, when you're getting into and the government is deciding who is mentally ill and who's not, and the government is doing certain surveillance and this kind of thing. Anytime those concepts are there, you really need to yes. step back and make sure that that they are really addressing this in the correct way. Right. And I just don't think that there's been enough time to do this. All right. So what do um, you suggest? Well, that we right do? now it's in the Senate Health and Human Services Committee. Okay. And uh, the chairman of that is Senator Ben Watson. Uh, make calls. You can make calls to that committee saying, you know, not necessarily that that you think it's horrible, but that it just we haven't had enough time just to pull it and let let there be a summer where people can go through this and make sure they understand it and make the tweaks. But the bill just has not been vetted yet. Okay, thank you, Jane. Could you close us with a prayer? Yes, I would be happy to. Our Father, you have gotten us this far into the legislative session. We pray always that you would send your Holy Spirit onto all of the people who are involved in the legislative process in Georgia, in our state, to all the people who are working for your, for the interests of your kingdom, for the interests of the families in Georgia, for the values that we all hold so dear. Please give them strength and energy and discernment and help us to know what to do and how to to influence this. But we ask that you would just move the hearts of people who are in decision-making 
positions that they would have the courage of their convictions. In Jesus' name, amen. This has been Legislation Made Simple, keeping you informed on political issues with your hosts, Patty DeCraney and Jane Robbins. Listen again next week at the same time for Legislation Made Simple on AM 1160, The Quest.